All right, welcome to class today. We'll be in 1 Thessalonians, and this will be 1 Thessalonians class number 2. We'll be in chapter number 1. Last time we just went over an outline of the book of 1 Thessalonians, a summary of the chapters. Today we'll get right into the scripture. Now again, we pointed out last time that the uh, book of 1 Thessalonians was written sometime around A.D. 54, according to the historians. If that's true, then this first verse of 1 Thessalonians is really a great, um, a, a great verse. Uh, chapter number 1, verse number 1 is really a great verse because it gives the fulfillment of a great promise. And uh, let's read uh, chapter 1, verse 1, then we'll turn over to the book of John and see what that promise was. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. In God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, I'm writing to this church in Thessalonica, and this church that I'm writing to is in God and it's in Christ. And so that terminology is a great uh, a great phrase in Christ is a great phrase in God is a great phrase because you put that together with uh, many uh, many references throughout the Pauline epistles and in even in first John and and some other general epistles that use phrases or, or words like us we we know uh, different phrases like that that really implies not just uh, superficially but really establishes the church as a corporate being we are one body Ephesians chapter 1 says there is one body there's many believers there's many churches there are many local congregations but all of those congregations from all ages are in Christ those People who lived in the first generation of Christianity, the second, the third, the fourth, they're long dead now, but they haven't fallen out of the body. They were a part of the body while they were here, and they are still a part of the body today. When they stand before the judgment seat of Christ, they'll be a part of that body, and they'll be safe underneath the umbrella, uh, underneath that umbrella that is the body of Christ. They, their sins were paid for in Christ. Their position with God was paid for in Christ. The relationship was paid for in Christ. And that, that will be their safety in the judgment. But he says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, which is in God. And that is the great fulfillment of John chapter number 14 and verse number 16. He said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now this is abide with you. And this comforter, he says in verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. If the world can't receive that spirit, then they can't be in God. They can't be in Christ. That It is a specific, uh, it is a specific position. As, uh, as Ephesians chapter 1 says in verse number 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved such a small word in such a small word us such a small word we but a powerful doctrinal phrase in whom we have received redemption through his blood Ephesians 1 7 says we 
Not just me, but you too. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, he says, uh, he, he says that he, had, he was called to be an apostle. But he says, among whom are ye also the called. Uh, ye are also the called. Ye are also the called of Jesus Christ. So this is a very much a corporate matter. And these corporate matters, uh, they clear up so much like predestination. It clears up purpose and will and all these things. It, it clears up a lot of things. It is... Uh, God's identifying uh, of his body with himself. And in John chapter number uh, 14, verse 16, he said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, they can't receive it because they're not accepted. They haven't believed, so they are not accepted. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So when, if this is the first epistle written by Paul and it's the earliest epistle written by Paul, then this first verse of the first chapter that was ever written to a Gentile church has in its first verse the fulfillment of a great promise of Christ that you are now in a safe place. You are now in the most blessed of places. You you now have the most blessed access of any person walking on the planet. You are now in God. Uh, You're now in God the Father and you're in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this uh, first whole chapter, it's only 10 verses long, but it gives us uh, such a great uh, image of the effectiveness of God's plan. When I say God's plan, I'm talking about the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that the gospel is the death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that being preached uh, contains the power of God unto salvation Romans 1 and verse number 16 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation so that's great statements there well this chapter shows the great effectiveness if God in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 chose the foolishness of preaching if he uses the foolishness of preaching If he's interested in the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel, then this chapter shows its great effectiveness. And here's what he says. We'll kind of look at the whole chapter as a whole. He says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and and our Father. He said, "Uh, we, uh, We came to you. We met you. We preached to you. You received the gospel, you believed, and the work that it that it made in you, the work that it produced in you. Ephesians chapter number one says, excuse me, Ephesians chapter number two says that uh, we are not only saved by grace, but it says, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The the works, Paul is saying, that were uh, instilled and installed in you 
by our coming to you and preaching to you, he said, we think of those things and we're, we're greatly blessed by them. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. Paul's saying here, we come to you and preach. You received it correctly. You were discipled correctly. And as it said in Ephesians, you're created unto good works. Those works begin to show up. He said, we know that the gospel's working. It's, it's not a, we don't have to sit back and wonder, did those, those folks believe? I mean, I don't know because they've made a profession of faith, but we hadn't seen much out of them. Uh, that's questionable. What Paul's talking about is the, the plan put into action, uh, believed, followed through on, uh, put into practice produces something that you can see with your eyes and you can know with your brain. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Why? For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. We preached the word. There was power. He said the Holy Ghost uh, was involved in it. He said there was much assurance. I've already explained to you the assurance. If you do it like God said to do it, and it produces the effect that God says it's going to produce, there's no question. There's no doubting. Just take it at face value. It did what it said it was going to do. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us. And that should tell you a little bit about what produces an effective ministry. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse number 11, he said, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, ye may be established. He didn't say, for I long for you to see me. He said, I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, you might be established. He said, you know what manner of man, uh, men we were among you for your sake. And that tells us if we are... Uh, if we're applying the gospel ministry for the purpose for which it was sent to save the souls of men for whom Christ died, it'll have some effect. Intention, the intention of the preacher can't destroy the power of the gospel, but, but the right intentions of a preacher can certainly add to the effectiveness. There, there's the Holy Spirit. There's the Scripture. There's God's will. There's God's intent. Absolutely. That's why Paul said people could preach Christ of contention. But thankfully the, the gospel is still being preached. But I believe it's even more effective when it's preached with the right heart. With its, when it's preached with the right intentions. I believe that with all my heart. And I, I believe that because the Lord has included such phrases uh, uh, as this in here. He says, you knew what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. He says, not only that, uh, ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost. If somebody receives the word and they know they're going to be afflicted for it, they know there's going to be consequences in this world, they know that they're going to be looked on uh, poorly or sideways, and they're going to, people are going to be skeptical, and people are going to persecute them for what they believe, and they believe it, and stand up for it. He said, Paul says that's a real good indicator that somebody is, has uh, received the word of God in truth. And receiving the word of God in truth is, uh, he says, also is accompanied by joy. If you do know you're going to get afflicted, 
if you do know there's going to be persecution, if you know it's not going to make, make you the most popular person in a false religion that you were caught up in or in a family that doesn't like religion or whatever the case might be, he says that if you receive it in the face of that affliction, there will be joy from the Holy Ghost. And the truth of the Bible says the fruits of the Spirit is joy. There's lots of other fruits of the Holy Spirit, but one of them is joy. And there will be peace and there will be strength for the person who will believe in the face of opposition. And the Bible says this. He said, You became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Now pay very close attention to these next couple of verses. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Here's what he's saying in verse 8, 9, and 10. He says, We came to you and we preached. We gave you these doctrines. We gave you these truths. We, we got you established in the faith. And then we went on down the road. And he said, the, the, These places that were near you, Macedonia, Achaia. And he said, Other places as well. He didn't name them, but he says, for from, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. you got faith toward God, and you spread that faith which you had towards God unto a bunch of places. Two of those places, Macedonia and Achaia. Well, what Paul's saying is, we came to you and we preached. We got you established. Uh, you guys started serving the Lord. We went our way. And as we went on our travels, eventually... We came to Macedonia, we came to Achaia, and we found some of your converts. And your converts had the same testimony, your converts had the same consequences, your converts had the same teachings, your converts had the same doctrines, your converts had the same power that we left you with when we left your town. When we left, Th when we left Thessalonica, the things that we left with you we found in Macedonia when we got there. So you applied things the same way as we applied them to you. You preached things the same way that we preached them to you. You distributed uh, the things that we preached to you the same way that we distributed it to you. And it had the same effect. And so that when we got to Macedonia, when we got to Achaia, we found the same result, even though it wasn't our ministry. We weren't the ones that were preaching the gospel. We weren't the ones that was uh, witnessing to these people. But we found the very same result that we had in you when it was our turn to preach to you. This is a great confidence builder. It was. It's a great uh, sign of the power of God. It's. It's a great. It's a great uh, uh, perspective of when a, when a preacher preaches to some people and they, those people go off and have disastrous ref, uh, effects it's a great source of doubt it's a ver it's a great source of wondering i wonder if i did the right thing i wonder if i said the right thing i wonder if i did enough I wonder if i prayed enough and in this case paul says this was a great source of rejoicing for us because we found 
that not only did our gospel that we preached work for you, but we also seen your converts. And we seen the very same, we saw the very same results in your converts as we did in our own converts, which was you. And that gives us a great confidence in the the mannerisms that we should have, uh, the administration that we should have, the ministry that we should have, the techniques that we should have, which we should be bound up in preaching. If you want to go outside of that, it ought to be uh, it ought to be very closely centered on preaching. If you're going to use video, it should be preaching. If you're going to do uh, you know other ministries in the church beside preaching that it ought to be very closely akin to preaching in that it'd be doctrinal that that it would em- emphasize the grace of God that it would uh, glorify God himself that it would ha- contain the gospel because these are the things that has power there'd be holy spirit uh, inspired if you're going to if you're going to do extra things to reach people you might think it would reach them in a better way first of all you can't make a better plan than god has made but second of all if you're going to sing make it doctrinal singing make it gospel singing make it uh make it uh music that uplifts god it's great to try to encourage man but glorifying god does encourage man uh, preaching doctrinal things and teaching go- doctrinal things and singing doctrine th- doctrinal things does encourage man. It does help man. If you want to help man, point him to God. If you want to help man, point him to the gospel. If you want to help man, get him in touch with the Holy Spirit. If you want to help man, help him to get their life clean because God requires those things of them. And because uh, learning to... Put down the flesh and strengthen the inner man will get them closer to a God, to Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit that can help them. Paul experienced that when he came into Thessalonica. When he left Thessalonica and he eventually came back around to some of these towns that the Thessalonians had went out, they said, man, this guy Paul came by and preached to us. And look what a effect it had on us. Let's go tell somebody else. Let's go down to the next town. Let's go down the road to another town and tell them exactly what Paul told us. They did that. And by the time Paul got around to those towns, he come in and said, anybody here know anything about Jesus? One fellow pipes up and says, hey, I know about Jesus. And Paul sees the work of God in the man's life. He hears the power of God and the the uh, stability of God, the establishment of God in this man's life. I said, where did you learn these things? Well, these men from Thessalonica came down and they told us about Jesus. And the effect of it was the exact same as the gospel effect on Thessalonica that Paul had when he was in that town. You can trust God's plan. God's plan has power. That's what Romans 1.16 is all about. And then not only that, but in verse 10, we'll close out. It says, If we wait for his son from heaven, whom he had raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. That is a reference to the wrath of the book of Revelation. Uh, in the book of Revelation, you have so many references to the wrath of God being poured out on man. And Jesus Christ has not only saved us from hell, and he's not only saved us to go to heaven, he's not only saved us to be with him for all eternity, but he has saved the church, us. That's how we started out our our uh, lesson on chapter 1. It's us. It's not just me. 
Jesus didn't just save me. He did save me, but he didn't just save me. He saved us. Ephesians chapter 4, he put us into one body. And this one body as a collective has been saved not only from hell, not only unto righteousness, not only unto a life with Christ, but it's been saved from the body of Christ, the church. Ephesians chapter 1 has been saved from the wrath that God will pour out in the book of Revelation, known as the time of Jacob's trouble, known as the great tribulation, Matthew chapter 24. What a great passage that is. What a great chapter that is. And we'll leave it right there until next time.